Today's episode is really only about one thing and one thing only, and that's saying thank you to Bernie Sanders. Thank you, Bernie. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. Last year, on February 14th of 2019, which is the birthday of Frederick Douglass, I started the North Star for it to be a hub for liberation journalism. And this podcast, The Breakdown, is one of the key elements of the North Star. But just two weeks after we launched the North Star, I introduced Bernie Sanders at the kickoff rally for his presidential campaign in Brooklyn. And it was a huge beautiful, diverse, colorful, hopeful, raucous crowd that was gathered on a super cold, snowy Saturday afternoon and introducing Bernie there at what I think was one of the most important moments of his political life was undoubtedly one of the highlights of my life as a leader. And over these past 14 months, I worked really hard to never use the North Star, to never use the breakdown as a campaign tool for Bernie Sanders. I even instructed all of the staff at the North Star to not even run any stories that they wrote about Bernie by me because I knew I couldn't be fair. So if if you have to write something about Bernie, don't don't even tell me about it because I know I'm not unbiased and I didn't want it to spoil whatever it was they had to say because I love and respect Bernie Sanders. But now that his campaign is over, I'm going to write a series of reflective pieces on my thoughts and experiences as a part of his campaign. I'm going to talk about them here on The Breakdown more openly. And today, I want to begin with what I think is an homage, a thank you to Bernie Sanders. And until now, really doing so here on The Breakdown could have been seen as a campaign contribution. But now that the campaign is coming to an end, I feel the freedom to speak my piece, not only about my experiences in the campaign, but about my thoughts and feelings on Bernie Sanders. Break it down. I was brought on to introduce Bernie at his kickoff rally in Brooklyn, really to tell his origin story. And... His origin story is one that for a myriad of complex reasons, he had almost completely refused to tell himself. Bernie's humble beginnings are deeply rooted in both pain and loss. And when he and I hosted a criminal justice reform event together in Los Angeles back in the summer of 2018, I spent weeks researching his early life to just shape my introduction of him there. And when I finished introducing him at that event, his wife, Jane, and his son, Dave, came up to me in literal tears, telling me that they had never heard any of the stories that I told before. And I I hid my emotions in that moment, but I was shocked, honestly. And it sent me down a different path of trying to understand why Bernie had kept all of those stories of fighting for civil rights all over Chicago, why had he kept those stories to himself? And I 
I think I understand why. Bernie Sanders, his very birth and life were a miracle. The Holocaust wiped out entire swaths of his family. And his father, who was a teenager, who hardly spoke a word of English and barely had enough money to make it a week in America, narrowly made it here himself. When Bernie grew up in Brooklyn, the horrors and cost of the Holocaust, they weren't history, but they were a present reality. He saw shopkeepers and everyday people with the marks on their arms from the concentration camps. And every family in his community, much like his own, had lost countless loved ones. It branded on Bernie's soul a deep imprint of good and evil that he has really carried with him his whole life. And what I found as I started looking in to Bernie's early life was that Bernie's dear mother died in 1960 when he was just a freshman at Brooklyn College. And his father passed away two years later while Bernie was a student at the University of Chicago. And when both of his parents passed away, Bernie seemed to throw his entire life into the civil rights movement. He became the single most influential organizer on campus there at the University of Chicago and one of the most impactful youth organizers in all of Chicago at the time. And I don't know if his classmates had any idea of the severe losses that he had experienced losing both his mother and his father. But I've grown to believe that Bernie never told the hundreds of stories that he could have told about his life as an organizer in the civil rights movement for two reasons. The first is what Bernie has often said publicly, and I believe it, that he never wanted to seem like he was putting himself on the same level as people like his hero, Dr. King, or his peer at the time, John Lewis. And I believe that Bernie didn't want anybody to think that he was putting himself on their level. But the other reason why I think he never even shared those stories with his family was because Bernie could not separate the work he did in the civil rights movement from the unimaginable pain of losing both of his parents at such a young age. They were both wrapped up together. For me, I saw Bernie Sanders as the last chance we had to elect a president who had literally marched with Dr. King. It was our last chance to elect somebody who had literally chained himself to young black women to protest educational inequality there in Chicago. It was our last chance to elect somebody who had organized successful sit-ins and demonstrations during the civil rights movement. And selfishly, as a student of this movement, I wanted us to have such an opportunity. And to be perfectly transparent with you, I still have not gotten over Bernie's loss to Hillary Clinton in 2016. To this day, I believe, and Bernie Sanders believes, that he would have beaten Donald Trump in 2016. And our nation has paid an incalculable price these past four years with Trump as president. We are living in the fallout of that loss right now during this pandemic. And it was Bernie's belief that he would beat Donald Trump this year. 
if just given the chance. And that was his primary reason for running again. He didn't run because he likes to run for president. He didn't run because it's easy. It damn sure isn't. And it doubly is not easy for him to run because he hardly gets any breaks from the Democratic Party or from the mainstream media. He ran because he thought he had the best chance at defeating Donald Trump. And it's always been my belief that you beat Donald Trump by running someone against him that is the polar opposite of who he is. Trump is a liar. So you run someone against him that is perhaps the most honest human being in politics. Countless women have reported that Donald Trump sexually harassed and assaulted them across his life. So you run someone against him with impeccable character and integrity. Donald Trump surrounds himself with billionaires and bigots. So you elect someone, you choose a nominee who surrounds himself with everyday people and has fought his entire life for people on the margins of society. I believe that to defeat Donald Trump, you needed to choose the candidate who was loved and preferred by young people all over the country. Youthful energy drove the successful 2008 campaign of Barack Obama. And the lack of youthful energy all but tanked the presidential campaigns of countless Democrats before him and after him. Bernie was the preferred candidate, not just of teenagers, but of all voters under the age of 40. When we talk about young people, we're talking about people even under the age, I think in the latest poll, under the age of 45 chose Bernie. I believe that to defeat Donald Trump, you needed to energize new voters and non-voters and first-time voters and immigrants and Muslims and independents. And Bernie was far and away the top choice for each of those voting blocks. It's what fueled his big campaign victories in California and Nevada and New Hampshire. Bernie's campaign was fueled by hope and big ideas. And the mainstream media would have you think that it was fueled by anger or crankiness, but it wasn't. Bernie's rallies were fueled by joy and optimism. The millions of donors and volunteers for Bernie were fueled by an, ab an abiding belief that we could do so much better than we're doing right now. Not just better than Donald Trump, but better than what we're so often offered by the Democratic Party. And over these past 14 months, I met super volunteers who quit their jobs to campaign full time for Bernie. I met men and women who moved to the United States from all over the world to campaign for Bernie. I met people who were struggling on minimum wage, who gave weekly and sometimes monthly campaign contributions to the campaign because they knew Bernie would fight for them harder than anybody else who was running. I met hundreds of people face-to-face -face, who told me that they had never voted before, that they didn't even believe in American politics, but that they trusted Bernie and were going to come out and vote for the very first time in their lives for him. I met children, little kids who were not old enough to vote, sometimes just in elementary school or middle school. They wouldn't even be able to vote in the next election, but they volunteered for Bernie 
every single Saturday, knocking on doors and making phone calls. And I often had to fight back tears meeting them. It was just their innocent optimism moved me that they couldn't vote for the man, but they believed in who he was and what he stood for. At every single campaign event I did for Bernie, undocumented immigrants would come up to me and tell me about their status and tell me that they were fighting so hard for Bernie because they knew he saw them and cared about them. Immigrants from countries that Donald Trump had put on his ban list, often African women in hijabs would come up to me and tell me how much they trusted and believed in Bernie. And I'm crushed that we couldn't win this for him, that we couldn't win this for us. On the campaign trail, I would often joke at how little I knew it meant to Bernie to ever live in the White House. (laughs) He's just not that kind of guy. And I don't think he was ever even desirous of the title of president of the United States as much as he knew the office was going to give him a platform to fight for us. He did this, putting his life, putting his family on the line yet again. He did it for us. He pushed through some of the most atrocious media attacks, through life-altering health challenges, through the rigors of a truly grassroots campaign where staff and family sometimes had to force him to slow down. He did it all for us. And Bernie, we thank you. We thank you for fighting for people that so many others have forgotten and ignored. Thank you, Bernie, for speaking the hard truths about who is actually working for and against the needs of everyday people. Thank you for fighting for the most ambitious plans ever created for health care, for the environment, for the economy, for housing, and for criminal justice reform. Thank you for even allowing a guy like me into your inner circle. I don't know that any other campaign would even have me or Philip Agnew or Nina Turner or Killer Mike or Lee Merritt lead out front like you did. Thank you for inviting Outcast to be your organizers. Thank you for paving the way for us to lead for years and years to come. This campaign may be over, but Bernie, your struggle, our struggle, the struggle for freedom and equality continues. We love you, man. Thank you, Bernie. Break it down. The break, 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 the break